and all the demons in hell were screaming because they didn't know what to do with that. And that was the best part for me. I gotta tick them all off with my testimony. Friday, everyone. I hope your week has been absolutely stupendous. I know mine's been pretty good. Not the most, uh, you know, life-changing week in, in the world for me, but you know what? It's been pretty good. But I hope yours has been better. But as promised, we are here to talk today about willpower and tenacity, in particular when willpower and tenacity aren't enough in, in and of themselves to get through a situation. And I believe that most of us have been in a situation like that where you're just trying to to white knuckle your way through a situation, you're gritting your teeth, doing whatever you can to get through what you're going through or get to where you have to go, and it's just not enough. And you're beating yourself up, you're frustrated because you can't get out of that rut, you can't get past that uh, that problem, that issue on your own, and you feel lesser than, you feel weak, and you beat yourself up for that because you're asking yourself, why is this not, not enough, God? Why is it not enough? I'm doing everything I can, and I'm still falling flat on my face. That's a great place to be because, once again, it all comes back to relationship with God and getting you to rely on Him even more than you already have been. And this isn't to beat you up or anything, guys. Absolutely not furthest thing from from the truth. All it is is a gentle reminder to get you in a place where you're leaning on God more and more for every little thing. And this is a lesson which I'm still working through that I still have to learn. And I'm certainly not perfect in this area. <laughs> no, sir. But it was, it's my hope that you guys can get a jump start on this for those of you who are younger than me. And you can start to learn and refine and hone this this dependence on God earlier in your life so you can surpass me by the time you get to my age. Okay, so that that's all we're talking about here. But when willpower and tenacity aren't enough. You know, we see this biblically. I'd like to start with those examples a few different times. Um, one, of the, one of the more noticeable ones is, is uh, King David when he's being pursued by Saul and life just sucks for him. <laughs> life just sucks for him. He's been on the run for quite a while. He's getting tired of it. He's getting fed up. God, you anointed me to be king, but I'm the furthest thing from a king right now. I'm living in a cave. In fact, I'm jumping from cave to cave. And all my my buddies are <laughs> are criminals. They're bandits and robbers and thieves and murderers, so on and so forth. And uh, he didn't really feel like a king in that moment, I imagine. He probably felt lower than when he was a shepherd boy, because at least that was a consistent job. At least he had a, a place to, to lay his head at night. you know. But we see in the, the Psalms that he writes, guys, that yes, there are ones where he's frustrated, where he's sad, where he's 
really feeling down on himself for sure, but he always comes back to God, I know you're good, I know you got this, and that, that's how that's how you're gonna get me through the situation. That's the only way I can do it. And that was one of those reasons why God called David a man after his own heart. At least I, be, I believe that, because it was a blind faith. In, in the Old Covenant, obviously, things were very, very different, where you had to obey the law completely and wholeheartedly. You had to do the sacrifices. There were all these nuances and other demands and burdens. And it just was a pretty difficult system to live under. Very, very difficult. So the concept of David going to God, who instituted the law, and saying to him, God, I know you're good. I know you love me. You got me. You're taking care of this. And I'm just putting my life in your hands because I know you can handle it because you love me. That was a pretty radical concept that God loved you and that he would take care of you regardless of what kind of life you were living by the Jewish law standards, him running around in the wilderness with a bunch of criminals for friends and being in defiance of the king certainly didn't line up with the law, but he knew that God had chosen him and he knew who he was and he was going to do whatever he had to do. But there were days, as I mentioned earlier, it was just hard. It was just rough, you know? And I think he's a great example that we can pull from. Another big one was Joseph. When he was taken into captivity and dragged away to Egypt for something that he hadn't done, you know, he was convicted of crimes. Later on that he hadn't done, he was falsely accused. He just kept seeming to get beat up in life over and over and over and over again. And it just, it would break anyone. I don't know how well I would do under those situations, that's for sure. But he kept his faith in God. He kept it and he did the same thing as David well, I guess David did the same thing as him since Joseph <laughs> came first in history. But he said, God, you know, you know best. I trust you. I'm still going to be excellent. I'm still going to be trustworthy and hold my integrity even when things are hard right now because I know you care about me. I know you got me. And so I don't have to worry about all the logistics. I don't have to worry about all the nuances of everything. I'm just going to be faithful with where I'm at. And I know you're going to take care of me regardless. I know you're going to take care of me because you're a good God. And you've provided me with all these dreams and visions. You've told me that there's a future for me. And so I'm going to trust you with that future. Once again, guys, just blind faith. There was nothing in his current circumstances that looked good. Nothing in his, in his circumstances to make him happy to cheer him up, to bolster his faith. It was just all he had to do was lean on God. That's all he could do. And the last example I'd like to, to go over with is Christ himself. Where, especially in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he's literally crying and sobbing, and he's, he's so stressed out, he's sweating blood. And... He cries out to God, you know, you know, you know, Father, that I don't want to do this thing. 
I'm I'm scared. <laughs> but not what I want to do, but what you want to do. That's all I want. So you need to give me the strength to do it because right now I just don't want to do it. And I don't know if I can. Jesus himself, the only perfect person to ever walk the face of the earth, God in the flesh, had to lean on his spiritual forebear and say, it's not enough. What I have is not enough. I need you to help work through me and do it with me, okay? So these are pretty, pretty big giants of the faith, guys. And so what I'm trying to say here is that if these guys made mistakes and were able to admit their weaknesses, I mean, Jesus didn't make mistakes, but he was able to admit a weakness in that moment where he was scared and he didn't want to go through with what he knew he had to do. If he can do that, we can do it too. Okay, get get the big macho man, he-man, I can do everything on my own attitude and throw it out the window because that's not what you're called to be. You are called to be a son of God, first off. Okay, second, you're called to be a, a king and a priest as well. And any good king leans on God for direction on how to guide his kingdom. And any good priest, of course, of course the priest is in communion with God. Okay? These are these these are things that we can't get away from, no matter which aspect of your creation as a man that you're in, which function you're in. You need to lean on God for guidance. Okay? And you know, the world has it so backwards. 100% backwards. It's so easy to, to see this because, you know, we have the the concept out there that you want to be a self-made man. And that meaning that, you know, you, you worked hard, you did everything that you could to get where you're at, to accumulate wealth, to get successful, yada, 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 whatever you want to call it. And I understand the concept that it's not a completely bad concept, but I definitely don't want to be a self-made man. What I want to be is a spirit-led man, <laughs> one who leans on God for everything for his direction, because I'm not smart enough to figure life out on my own. And I certainly don't have the strength when times get hard to push through things, okay? So don't be self-made men. Be be God-made men. And he's, and he's going to get you where... You have to go, guys. He's going to bring the provision. He's going to give you the strength. He's going to provide the connections. He's going to do it all. But he needs your cooperation and he needs you letting go, not being possessive of it, and giving it back to him and saying, God, I need your strength and your wisdom to do it because without you, this whole thing is going up in flames. And that's when he can work the most. And this can apply to, to temptation too, guys. You know, when you're recurring um how do i say this if you keep falling back into recurring sin and you know there's no shame in it we've all done it yes we want you to get out of it but first off don't beat yourself up for it because god's not beating you up for it that's for sure he loves you too much and he died for you and if a man is willing to die for you i don't think he's going to condemn you okay so stop beating yourself up. And remember also, when those moments of temptation come, you know, whether it's cheating, lying, stealing, 
sexual stuff, whatever, just cry out to God in that moment because your flesh, your willpower, brother, I guarantee you, it's not enough. It is not enough to get you out of a bad situation. Your flesh always wants to take you farther than you want to go, make you pay pay more than you want to pay, and make you stay longer than you want to stay. That's all your flesh is ever going to do for you. So relying on the willpower and strength of the flesh is absolute foolishness. 110%. Absolute foolishness. In those moments, that's when you hit your knees and you cry out to God and you say, God, I can't do it. I need you to do it for me because I'm scared right now. I'm weak and I'm about to screw something up bad. I need you to come in and just take these desires away. Okay. That's all I'm asking you to do. That's, that's one of the best prayers you can ever pray. <laughs> it's not pretty. It's not fancy. That's for sure. But God can work with it. God can work with that attitude. So in those moments, yeah, just cry out to him. Go, go find a friend who can agree with you in prayer on things. But you, in and of yourself, by yourself, are not enough to do everything that God wants you to do. You have to lean on him and his perfection and his all-knowingness and his love for you. Because you have none of those things. You don't have perfection. You don't know everything. And you're not always operating in love because you're a human being. So it makes sense to go to someone who does have all those things, okay? So the best mentor possible who can guide you and show you how to do those things even better. Even if you want to already, guys, you're still going to fail at some point. Even if your heart's in the right place for the most part, you're still going to mess things up at some point. It's a sad reality, but it is true, okay? And so now... I'm going to tell you a little story of a moment that I had to just really lean on God wholeheartedly, and it ended up saving my life, actually. So let's take a break, and I'll tell you all about it. All right, so this was a few years ago when I was still working in retail, and I was going through a period in my life where the enemy was just constantly, guys, constantly bombarding me with like breathing and lung problems, lung infections, things like that. And I live at a rather high altitude already. And so that didn't help matters to, to say the least. And at the time I was working a very, very physical job, very, very physical job, very demanding. And so having breathing issues, respiratory issues certainly wasn't helping matters at all. But I was holding fast to the confession that God loved me. And I was still going into work. I was struggling, guys. I was struggling bad. It was it was rough, that's for sure. But I was like, you know what? If these other men of faith can do awesome things through just leaning on God, then so can I. And that's what I'm going to do. So, one day, I went into work. And it was really rough. I was wheezing. It was like I had a death rattle going on, guys. It was rough. And I was pushing carts around and throwing boxes around. And once again, the altitude's already pretty crazy up here. And so it was rough. I was having to stop for breath every few minutes. 
and try not to pass out from lack of oxygen. It was it was rough. And it got worse and worse over the next couple hours. To the point where I felt like I was actually going to die. It was it was scary. <laughs> it was it was a scary moment, that's for sure. Um I'm not gonna go into too much detail, but yeah, I was I was starting to freak out a little bit and my faith was starting to waver. I hate to admit it, but that's where I was at. And so I went to the bathroom and I sat down on one of those toilets, you know, in, in, in the stalls there. And I'm just sitting there trying to breathe. That's all that I can focus on. You know, it's like Gimli in Lord of the Rings. If, if you guys have seen that, you know, breathe, that's the key. <laughs> just breathe. And that's all I could do. And I just cried out to God. I didn't really cry out because I didn't want people to hear me, but you know, quietly to myself, I cried out to God and I say, God, I don't want to die on this toilet. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to die today. I'm too young and I know you have plans for me. I don't want to die today, but I think if you don't intervene, I think that's what's going to happen. So save me, Jesus, please. And you know what he did shortly afterwards? I, uh, I went, I kept working and my breathing started getting better and better. It didn't happen instantaneously. I had to take a step of faith. I had to go back out there and just say, you know what? You know what, devil? Up yours. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep living just like I walk in health and, and wholeness because that's the way God created me to live. And so that's what I'm going to do. And so I just went out there and yeah, it was still a struggle. Initially, it was still a struggle. It was still hard to do. And I went out there and I kept working at it. And like, like I said, it got better and better over the next couple hours. It was easier and easier. And at the end of the day, my breathing was totally normal. And I went home and I slept just fine. And all the demons in hell were screaming because they didn't know what to do with that. And that was the best part for me. I got to tick them all off with my testimony. But you see what I, what I did there, guys? It wasn't anything you know, revelatory or crazy or super deep. It was just, God, I don't, I don't want to die on a toilet at Walmart. Okay. Help me. And then he steps in, he takes care of it. That's all there is to it, guys. In those moments, you just got to lean on God more. You, I'm, I'm going to say this until I sound like a broken record probably, but you got to lean on God more. That's for sure. You know, it, it literally, I can tell you from experience, it will literally save your life at, at some point. I guarantee it. So learn from that. Remember in those dark moments where you feel like you're at the end of the road, you've run out of rope, you got no more gas, whatever. He's still there for you and he can still find a way out for you. Okay, guys, I hope that story encouraged you and, uh, at the very least, I hope you're happy that I'm alive still <laughs> and that uh, we can we can continue, continue to do this ministry. But yeah, not once again, it's not a fancy story, and I hope you guys can learn from it. So this is kind of a shorter episode today, guys. I'm already going to be wrapping this up by by saying how 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 do we do this, actually? How do we lean on God more? One of the first things you have to do is develop an awareness of God in your life. Remember, he is omnipresent, and that's just a fancy old word for saying that he is everywhere all the time, 100% of the time. 
okay? Using 100% of the physical world 100% of the time. That can either be, depending on what kind of lifestyle you're living, um, a very scary or a very comforting thought. Maybe it's in the middle for you, but to me, it's a comforting thought. Because I know he's always with me. He's always got my back in spite of what is going on. And so as you develop an awareness of God, every day when you wake up, just say, thank you, Lord, that you're with me and that you're going to be with me the rest of the day too and that you've always got my back. That's a real simple way to remind yourself that God's there. And doing that will not only comfort you in the sense that he's always there to protect you, but when you're being tempted to do something wrong, it will also act as a deterrent as well. Because when you think about God himself looking over your shoulder, hmm, and he sees what you're doing, is that something that you really want to, him to see you doing? I mean, forget thinking about what would your grandma think if she saw you doing this? What would God think if you were doing, if you were doing that? His, his opinion is the only one that really matters at the end of the day. So develop that sense, that awareness of God being there every day, constantly with you. Second thing that I would recommend is look in the Bible for examples. I, I mentioned a couple, but there's plenty more where people were at the end of their rope. They didn't have anywhere to go. Their back was up against the wall and they had to cry out to God and say, God, this is it for us. It's either you step in and you save us or we're toast. Find those stories, guys. Find those stories. If you're just reading through the word, you're either you're doing your you know, a one-year plan or you read it a lot more frequently than that or whatever, you're easily going to be able to find those stories in there over and over and over again in both the New and Old Testament. They're not hard to find, guys, but when you read them, take them to heart, think about them, and just remember that God is the same God today as he was all the time back then. And he's still there for us in the same way. And he hasn't changed at all. And what he's done for those people, what he did for them, he will still do for you as well. Okay? So just remember, find those stories. Okay? Develop an awareness of him. Find those stories. Third. I'd say for the third, you have to just be intentional about applying it. That may seem like really common sense, really common sense advice. And maybe it is, guys. Maybe it is. But, you know, nothing happens in our life accidentally. So when you get in those situations where your back is up against the wall, you have to be intentional about crying out to God and asking him for help. Because your flesh does not want to do it at all. Your flesh wants to say, no, we got it. Your flesh wants to lift itself up in pride and say, no, 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 no. If you ask that, you're weak, okay? What kind of man are you where you need to ask for, for help all the time? These other guys, they've, they've gone through things successfully. Why can't you? What your flesh and your, your mind and Satan won't tell you is that those guys got through it with the power of God. They didn't do it in their own, in their own strength. And if they did... It was short-lived, and there's not much memory of the results of that. So, yeah, your flesh your flesh hates it when you ask God for help. Your flesh absolutely hates it. It despises it. It is disgusted by it. But we don't care what our flesh thinks about us. We tell our flesh what to do, not the other way around. 
Okay? We're Christian men. We're above the flesh. We crucify the flesh every day, it says in the Word. We crucify its lusts, its passions, its desires, and we raise up those of God's instead. So you have to be practical and intentional about it and put your pride away. And remember, God's not upset with you or disappointed in you because you need to ask for his help. He's excited because he can do so much more through you than you just trying to do things on your own. It's a great act of humility and it's a great act of trust. And in the end, it will get you better results in the long term. Okay? So develop an awareness of God, find biblical examples, and be practical and throw your pride pride away. Get rid of that thing. Throw it out the kitchen window. Get it out of your house. You don't need that stuff. You don't need that stuff in your life anymore. So might as well start today. All right? And like I said earlier, guys, I know this was a bit of a shorter one today, but just remember, willpower and tenacity aren't enough. I know some of you out there have a lot of it. I know some of you are very disciplined in and of yourself, and you've learned to be very self-sufficient. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, as long as it's coupled with a constant reliance on God. Because if you're constantly relying on you, at some point you're going to make a mistake. And when those times come, you're going to want someone to extend a hand to you and help get you out of there. All right. So develop that friendship right now, that relationship with God, so he can take you further than you ever could imagine that you could go. All right? So, once again, that's that's all we're trying to, to say in this podcast. Get in closer relationship with God, and you'll never regret it. Regret it. <laughs> regret it. Uh, it is Friday. I guess I, my speech patterns are done for the week. <laughs> but hey, guys. We, we love you, we're proud of you, and remember, reliance on God is not weakness, it is a strength. So be a strong man, go forth, go kick this weekend's butt, and get ready for a new week of more victory, and more I have written. Alright, take care guys. <laughs>